0: Welcome to the Analytics Power Hour, analytics topics covered conversationally and sometimes with explicit language. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is episode number 234. That's two, three, four. Isn't that symmetrical? No, it's not. Most of the time, Michael Helbling is the first voice you hear in one of our episodes, which means you have an expectation to hear an intro that is smooth, witty, and maybe even coherent. I'm here to tell you to lower your expectations for this one because i'm tim wilson and very much not michael and it's just not realistic to hold me to that same standard expectations are a tricky topic but it's the topic we're tackling today with my co-hosts Mokis marketing data lead at canva do you have high expectations for this show
1: i actually really do i'm pretty pumped
0: oh well ease ease back there sister let's let's go easy on it <laughs> Lower those down Well, it's great to have you and we've also got Julie Hoyer. You're an analytics manager at Further who has been thrown deeply into setting expectations for analysts in a number of different situations. But also you can now reflect on your expectations for what parenthood would be like when you actually compare it to reality. That is my clunky, kind of non-Michael way of congratulating you on air on the healthy arrival of your daughter a few months ago. So welcome back to the microphone.
2: Thanks. Yeah. Excited to be back. Yeah. Expectations of parenthood may need to be a whole other episode (laughs) because I got lots to talk about on that topic now.
0: (laughs) Despite all the people who gave you advice. uh, Yeah.
2: You know, all of that prep information and then, you know, like you said, you hit reality in it really hits you hard
0: (laughs) well we're glad to have you back and if there's a screaming kid in the background then you know so be it Um, (laughs) those are more fun than barking dogs all right so (laughs) you're like i'll take i'll take cholula barking in the background any day Mm -hmm. okay so what we're going to dive into on this episode is the challenge of setting clear and useful expectations for analysts I've said it before, I'll say it again, the expectation of any analyst should really just be, you know, do your fucking job. But that simplistic and admittedly somewhat profane decree isn't very useful if it's not clear to the analyst what the job actually is. So we've hit on kind of various aspects of this in past episodes, but we decided to address it head on in this one and see where that takes us. So with that, Mo, maybe you can kick us off here. When you have a new analyst joining your team, how do you actually go about making it clear to them what your expectations are of them in in the role when they when they roll on? Do you sit down and have a formal discussion with them?
1: I guess the thing is that there are a couple different ways you can think about this about like making clear what your expectations are because in my head, there are like the company expectations of like what that role is. And, you know, I'm really lucky that we have really kind of a really robust framework that helps, helps me and all of the coaches at Canva with that in terms of like the different levels of like craft and communication and leadership skills we expect to see from analysts at different levels. But then you also have your personal expectations and I'm working out over time that I definitely do have I guess personal expectations that aren't I guess like articulated in our HR stuff but like I guess we would all probably agree are things that you would expect to see in analysts.
0: This is like how Mo likes her coffee, when she wants her coffee, <laughs> how many sugars in the coffee, no?
1: No, I'm thinking more like so like two two very clear examples for me are like communication skills and curiosity those are kind of like two areas that i would expect to see a person like always evolving and trying to improve and that doesn't mean that i have like a like standard of everyone needs to do it this way or whatever but it's more like that they're striving to improve those areas over
0: time so let me ask on that because the i mean i'm going to call it the classic the classic hr grid where you've got rows are kind of skills grouped together and you've got columns that are different levels, but like you're, I was curious when you said, Oh, the like personal expectations for communication, are there not corporate expectations for communication? Like, like those, to me, those grids like sound good. Like they're so, but then they actually, they're like I mean, maybe it's, you're saying they're a useful jumping off point, but they're just going to have certain cells in that grid that actually Or kind of wah-wah or light, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Look, I do think that generally speaking, like I know in in my case, as was written specifically for data scientists and my poor old manager wrote it all and he did a phenomenal job. And like, just to give you one example is like, ask thoughtful questions to seek others' perspectives and tests own assumptions or adjust communication content and style to meet the needs of diverse stakeholders. Like those totally marry up with my own expectations too. I'm just calling out that there are like the hr expectations and then there are our own i guess personal expectations as well and that sometimes those are like a venn diagram that heavily overlap and sometimes less so oh it's hard too because i just have this feeling that there's
2: no way you can ever list all your expectations and so i get stuck in that like oh do i really have to list them all out but then to be fair you're coming in like I should to your point mo verbalize my expectations of you but then you start doing that exercise like the grid and you just so quickly realize like how am I ever going to actually list every single expectation are some kind of obvious like a good communicator you're working in a team i expect you to be a good communicator do i have to list every you know facet of that i don't know it's it feels like such a big gray slippery slope sometimes
1: and it does also depend so much on level like it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like we have, you know, like four different strict pillars, I guess, of skills. And then there's essentially those four fit into 12. And we were going through some like very senior promotion applications and someone had written a really detailed example about communication and someone kind of gave the feedback of like, I'm sorry, but like, if you're at this level, I expect you to be a good communicator. Like this should not be the, like, net change that gets you to the next level Mm -hmm. because this like this should be the foundation you're already a senior team member you're going for a very senior role like if you are not a good Mm -hmm. communicator we have a much bigger problem and i was like yeah actually that's fair like that is a that's a fair feedback
2: (laughs) well and it's like at every level You'd probably list good communicator. It's yeah. like what at your lower level, it's like within forty eight hours you have to respond. But at the highest level, within six hours, like obviously that's not real, but <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Like how would you even list that at different levels? Um, to your point, Mo, it's like we would just—that's kind of a given.
0: Well, but it seems like effective communication skills is in like every job description. But Mo, you kind of called out the you want to see forward progress so there's like a little bit of it Mm -hmm. of of something like communication or maybe even curiosity like well I'll know it when I see it and I want you to care about it I want you to recognize that communication is important which means I want you to be conscious that it matters like there's a whole set of there is the, the tactical you know you have to spell check your written communication you have to not have typos in your presentation like that does feel like way way down in the weeds. I mean, if somebody's not doing that, you can pull them in and say, "Dude, like there will be half the people in the room cannot look past that typo. You have got to figure out a way. This is the fourth time there's been a typo, I guess." I yeah, I don't I don't know.
1: See, but that's the thing is, you and I like to me, that's less important. And I'm not, not saying that, like, I'd be totally cool if someone regularly had typos. And it's obviously, like, we're not client-facing, which is a very big difference as well. Because, like, sometimes we're working super fast. And I'm like, uh, eh, someone has a typo. Like, not ideal. But, like, generally it goes through a few sets of eyes and I would just expect someone along the way to pick it up. I wouldn't necessarily be like, that's a core thing that I expect. But, oh, I'm trying to think of, like, something that really would, like, Ick me the same way that that typo probably would bug you. Like, I'm trying to think of an example that would like rail me up. And I, right now,
0: well, I wouldn't, I like um, if I, if the typo made it all the way through to something and I pointed it out and somebody was like, eh, I mean, it would actually be the response to the typo. Cause I mean, I'll make the, I'll make the case ooh. that if there's a typo in it, then you're potentially, well, who's to say there wasn't a typo in my sequel? Who's to say that I didn't mm. overlook? Like, there is a, there is a communication, but that's again back to, the more junior is probably going through more reviews. It's unlikely to get out there, and then our company culture. I don't know. We could. I, this actually brings me a little bit to the the expect expectations you hold yourself to because having not directly worked with you, Mo, but except in the podcast, like I've seen a lot and worked with Julie. Like they're...
1: and I feel like he never wants to work with me ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but. If you hold yourself to, you have your own expectations that you hold yourself to, and do you run into a challenge where you say, well, I hold myself to this expectation. And it's pretty easy to get into a mode of saying, this is the expectation I hold myself to. And is it fair to hold others to that? Who says that that's a reasonable expectation? All right, it's time to step away from the show for a quick word about Piwik Pro. Tim, tell us about it. Well, Piwik Pro is easy to implement, easy to use, and reminiscent of Google's universal analytics in a lot of ways. I love that it's got basic data views for less technical users, but it keeps advanced features like segmentation, custom reporting, and calculated metrics for power users. We're running Pivic Pro's free plan on the podcast website, but they also have a paid plan that adds scale and some additional features. That's right, so head over to piwik.pro and check them out for yourself. Get started with their free plan. That's Pro. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: Okay, I figured it out. I figured out the thing, I think, that really riles me up. But to your point, Tim, I'm not sure I hold... Well, no. Okay, maybe I do hold the same expectation of myself. The thing that really bugs me is speed of delivery, so we work in like a really fast paced company and I don't handle it particularly well when I make it clear. Something does have like a very specific deadline or time frame, and then crickets. Like mm. I really don't handle that well because normally I've communicated to other people what the timeline is, or I know what the deadline is or whatever. And so I do find I'm pretty good with setting those expectations. The only thing I would say is like, it's pretty hard in a company that moves that fast because then you have a tendency to be like, well, everything's urgent and it isn't. But I, yeah, that is an expectation that I would say is pretty firm and don't respond well to when it's not met.
0: But that's a, you're saying that, Is that kind of at a task level that if you set an expectation, if you, if you are clear that there is a hard deadline on this and that gets ignored, there may be other tasks where hopefully you're not, you're not falling Mm. into the trap of everything has it. So that's, Mm. is there like the Uber expectation that if we have a hard deadline for something, then we need to treat it really seriously and we need to communicate early and often if that deadline is in jeopardy we can't wait until the deadline hits and then say, oopsie, like, is is that?
1: Oh, Timo, hmm. you've just done my job for me because now I love how you've like taken a task level thing and then like, here's how we elevate it to like an expectation we set as a team. Ooh. So I'm dear listener,
0: I just want you to know that we have cut the, the first time that Mo <laughs> referred to me as Timo. We're going to leave this one in. So I, what, I and said we will it again. See how many times? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. did
1: I say it again? So
0: Josh already has enough of an <laughs> editing I nightmare. Say- Anyone who's listening, saying mm, what? So <laughs> say <it> for <laughs> everyone who's on <laughs> Mo's team who listens to this, yes, she has had that uh, brain fart uh, a couple of times, which is <laughs> making this very entertaining. <laughs> so,
1: I don't but really we're gonna keep going. It. I have no memory of saying that.
0: <laughs> That's we're good. Well, so. Julie, like, what do you have like some expectations that you? Because this is, I think, this is kind of an interesting way to explore. It is even trying to figure out. Oh, here's an expectation I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mo will recover at some point. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. Real tears. Real, Real tears. <laughs> uh, do you have like expectations that are kind of like that? That this is like this is something that really matters and maybe it doesn't fit in the the corporate grid or maybe it does
2: yeah so i i really have been struggling with this lately because like i kind of mentioned at the beginning it's like what is too robust here you you can't list everything and that kind of comes from the place of now being the junior analyst or the newer analyst that has like been at the company longer right and now i'm seeing the newer analysts and I'm the one ramping them up and working with them. I have started to realize there are some like unspoken things that I just maybe held myself to, like my expectations for myself. And then I realized they've never been verbalized. And so then I go through the internal struggle of, is it fair to hold somebody else to that expectation because it wasn't verbalized, but I, I held myself to that kind of level of expectations. Um, so that has been, that's been tricky. You
0: got an example?
2: So part of it, kind of like the differentiation you just made, Tim, between a task and like the expectations around the task. So to me, if I have been given a due date of a task that I am owning, then like my expectation of myself and what I would expect of others that have taken responsibility of a task is to give me updates and communications along the way that you're going to meet your deadline, right? Like you are handling and managing everything to meet the deadline you've been given. But what I've actually run into is sometimes that doesn't happen. Like other people don't necessarily have that set expectation for themselves innately. Um, uh, Sorry, of meeting, of meeting the deadline yeah. or of the updates to the deadline? Updates to the deadline. Like it will be crickets. Like to me, I would never do that if I'm working on a team, I guess. Like I just was maybe over communicative about it. So I did realize like I had to be very specific and say like, I expect a cadence of communication. And, you know, as soon as you know, you're not going to hit something like, let me know. Or if a question is asked of you in Slack, like the expectation is within the day, like you would at least give an update, even if no updates, the update, it would be verbalized. So those are some like small ones.
0: That, that actually triggers another one. I I think of their times and this, of having had the benefit of, you know, Having worked with you, Julie, not as your manager, but in the same organization, there's a point where sometimes it is easy to like realize there's an expectation. It's a lot easier to point to someone else. I mean, it can still be delicate, but saying, you know, when Julie, we were working on this thing and Julie hit a snag and didn't expect it and it wasn't, it was going south, but she was giving regular updates and can we talk about how that worked really well? And then for the team, like it's a lot easier than saying, well, if it was me, I would have given really good updates. Like it's a lot, it's a lot harder to say, this is how I respond, you know, behave like me. It's a lot easier to point to someone else and say, Oh, that may not be an explicitly articulated expectation, but maybe it should be. And by the way, that person has it innately, And can we point to that and say that's kind of the – x? that's sort of the bar of work we have without needing to have it fully documented? depends. It
1: depends, though, because I think that works as part of a team, but I think if you're leading the team, that's different. Because, like, I I wouldn't say, for example, say to someone, oh, hey, this is how Julie did it. This should be the bar. I would be like, hey, this is how you did it or this is how, like – it could be improved or, like, this is my expectation. And I would be, like, I would expect updates, blah, 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 blah. I personally wouldn't talk about, like, another team member's, like, behaviour and, I guess, be like, that's what we want to emulate. Yeah, just and that's personally just me because, like, I try try and avoid making comparisons. Like, I would definitely shout out, like, hey, Julie did an Mm -hmm. awesome job at such and such, but I wouldn't use it as a, like... I don't know, but that I don't. I don't know. But that's that's maybe
0: that's a technique for actually setting, kind of implicitly. That's a a piece of it because don't isn't part of how we try to articulate expectations is look at things that are working and trying to isolate like that. That seems not good, and that seems good. I think you're right. Like because you you run the risk of being like, well, now everybody hates Julie because she gets. Now, Julie raised the damn bar for... She's working too hard. The union shop is going to come over and be like, easy there. Uh, Cut it out.
1: I think my thing with expectations is just like... And I'm learning this the further I get into my career. Is just being fairly direct and documenting them. Mm -hmm. Like, that is something that I'm pretty, I I use the word ruthless, but that's probably not the right word because it is generally quite thought out and hopefully empathetic. But I'm, I am very direct in like, here is what Mm. I expect. I expect to see X, Y, and Z on these dates or like at these milestones, you know, like, is there anything Mm. you think that would prevent you from getting there? Is there any help you need? That sort of stuff. Because I just find if you don't articulate them directly, then I don't know. I just find you set yourself up for failure. And more importantly, you set the other person up for failure because they don't know what the bar
0: is. So now we had this in the pre-show chatter a little bit because we're saying expectations. That to me feels like task expectations as opposed to role expectations, like being right. I mean, and, and is that and I mean, I think that's a that's probably a fair thing when I'm if I'm handing a task to one person or working with them, I know them I may figure out what kind of their blind spots are. I can probably come up with the subset of a, remember, whether it's spell check your work or please give me updates. I got to be really explicit of what I expect. If you do the superset of that for the whole team, all of a sudden you have this huge monster document. And nobody can kind of perceive it. So I feel like you're, we're hitting on I that, I do both. Yeah. Okay.
1: I would do both. Like, I think there is task expectations and then there's role expectations. I think the unfortunate thing, and I've actually been thinking a lot about this lately because is a conversation I've been having, particularly with some of my leads, is like, often we only have those role expectation conversations when things aren't going well. As in like, hey, we need to have a chat. We need to talk about your role. And like, here are my expectations of how you're performing at this role, yada, yada, yada. And we actually like should be having those conversations regularly even if people are doing well. And that's a practice that I'm trying to get myself in the habit of, of like, let's recap every like six months when we are doing your growth chat, let's have, let's revisit what the expectations are that, that we have for your role and, and what that looks
0: like. Which presumably the more, the more it's been voiced and repeated in one-on-one or small group settings, the more the whole group kind of collectively knows that. And that takes a little bit of a burden off the, the leader to be calling it out because the group has kind of culturally absorbed Mm. the expectations. Mm. Do you
1: think you can have high performance without setting clear expectations or do you think they go hand in hand? Mm.
0: I think if the, I I think if the person, if their innate internal expectations happen to align very well with the role, I think they'll, I think they can mm -hmm. individually perform quite well
2: mm mm-hmm. I would agree. And I was even wondering, like, kind of to what you were just saying, Tim, like, when expectations have been set so clearly for a large group, and then it becomes the norm, and it doesn't have to be talked about, you know, repetitively, because it's like a known thing, it's a standard people are performing to it, and you bring one new person in, and you maybe iterate the expectations once, because they're documented, no matter how big the document is, or <laughs> small, whatever. But then they're functioning within that, right? It's almost like because a part of the normal like culture, the way people function, and then I almost wonder on the other side, you know, are expectations more crucial to reiterate and talk about constantly if you have like more disparate group of people or a lot of new people at once, right? And it's like you haven't set kind of that normal bar
0: yet. Well, that's, so, Julie, have you ever had a case where you had to articulate for a large group or a small group of people rolling on to a entirely new? account where there were because ex- well in a um. in a consulting or agency <laughs> scenario yeah. the client has also learned they have their expectations and hopefully the delivery team mm-hmm. although i would think this happens internally as well like if if,
2: uh-huh.
0: if if you've got an analyst supporting group x and that analyst leaves and somebody else rolls in group x their expectation is they're getting a a replacement right so how do you do that yeah. when you're you're like I, I. have to. I can't. I can't drastically change expectations or have somebody yeah. kind of wing it.
2: So yeah, everything I said and everything you're asking kind of came from a place of personal experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> because what's interesting is when I when I started, I really do feel like I I came in. The company was smaller. I was working with a lot of the same people across different client projects, and so it was. It was kind of like. This was the normal way. Everybody functioned. They were a little more, like, homogenous in their approach, and expectations seemed kind of, like, natural and clear, and I picked up on them because I was kind of, like, just being brought up as an analyst in these scenarios, and everybody else was already, like, meeting those, right? Like, they had that, that bar set, that normal. So it didn't have to be as articulated. Um, specifically on one of our large clients, like we had all kind of come up as this group, a very consistent group of figuring out what the client needed, the best processes, the way we needed to function to meet the client expectations and make it be successful. And it's like, we had that running and it was going now, both on the client project. And I've even seen it in the company. It gets very different when you start to get a lot of new team members in quickly Because instead of, like we were saying, one person kind of coming into the norm and picking it up, you now have multiple people that were doing things differently and have their own experiences, which is great, and it starts to muddy the waters, and that's where I've hit the point where it's like, oh, we've never actually verbalized this, this is how it was functioning and working, I guess I have all of these expectations in my head, but we've never verbalized them as a group for these new people. And that's why now we're kind of hitting these roadblocks or these points of, like, oh, why did something fall through the cracks that we expected not to? It's because we never set the expectations. So definitely have had to go through some of those, like, growing pains and exercises where you actually sit back and list them.
1: I've got to ask, though, is it because you didn't set the expectations or is it because, like, I'm just, like, this is me being curious, or is it to do with, like, the people not being the right fit for the team or, like, not in the right role. Like, was it actually the expect? Mm. Like, I feel like I would do the same thing and be like, well, what could I have done to make this not slip through the cracks? And this is one clear thing. But, like, I guess I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to get to, like, is it always about expectations or is it sometimes, like, not right person, not right role or right person, not right team? (laughs) I think the setting
2: expectation exercise where you list it out, that's, like, the pivotal point where you're going to find out you're going to find out that either you can you can manage the situation and find success and th- that person just needed the guidance and like you mm. guys just had needed that communication and clarity to get on the same page or you're going to set it and they're still not going to meet it and then i feel like you're going to know okay it just wasn't the right fit that's fine now we know now we can like change it up what's better for the person what's better for the team but i will say the one slippery slope that i found too was like uh, I don't want to set so many expectations because, to your point, Mo, like my first thing is going to be what did I do wrong? What can I do better to fix the situation? Let's list the expectations. But at what point is listing the expectations over and over again, or for every situation, every new thing that comes up, at what point are you mentally managing like their entire job and they're just saying, I just have to meet the letter of the law that's written in black and white, the bare minimum, and I'm successful. And if it's not there, you know, then I wasn't expected to do it. And you're kind of like, oh, mm. that's just so draining.
0: Yeah. And that's, you're also, in some ways, that can kind of blow back on you. If, you, if you're, if because now you've set the expectation, there's kind of a meta piece here. You're now setting the <laughs> expectation that your role is to explicitly and in, in minutiae, give them the expectation, yeah. right? I mean, I guess even though yeah. back to your example, if you get the person who you're like, well, I know for them to be successful when i give them a task i have to be super clear about the deadlines i have to be clear when i expect them to communicate with me i have to be clear that they need to double check their queries with two people you know and now their expectation is that when you give them a task you're going to project manage them you're going to you're mm-hmm. going to do all that and then you're in this kind of a death spiral when you try to sit them down and say i don't know that you're a good fit for the job. Like you, like you totally dropped the ball on that one. They're like, yeah, but you didn't give me,
1: you didn't tell me <laughs> that. And the, the funny thing is that one of my other expense expectations, particularly of senior staff is autonomy is the ability mm. to operate and own your work mostly end to end. Like I would expect that most people, most senior staff can do 95% of their job on their own and that there are other portions, either they're going to benefit from looping someone else in or whatever. But, they can manage their own work. And what we're talking about is like, there's a fine line between setting expectations and starting to almost manage someone's work for them, which is Mm -hmm. yeah, really slippery slope.
0: But it's also the progression. Like you, Mm. you need to do that with the, you expect a limited autonomy at one level. Yes. Yes. But, but that there's part of me there too, where you, you hope that that is an innate characteristic that they're striving to get more aut- autonomy by showing good judgment, by, by not needing as much guidance, you know, or coming to you and you say, hey, I'm going to have you work on this task. And they'll say, okay, so my plan is to give you updates every three days or my, mm. you know, like that, that is a way you'd want somebody to bristle at being micromanaged and then oh. to to solve it. If the, if the, I mean, that's like one way out of the cycle.
1: But do you know what's so funny is, like, I'm not a person that's super great at formalized updates. Like, I'm, I would say, like, pretty good at, like, quick syncs of, like, hey, this is where this is at, but I'm not good at, like, I don't know, I'm going to update you every three days in this ticket and blah, 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 blah. I tend to, like, rebel against too much structure. Um, Tim's probably going to smirk because... That's yeah, but, um, no, definitely I, my I, ways I, I, of working. Well, um, no, but I mean
0: that, that's actually a good, but that's a good point of the. You kind of want the time if you're having to tell them I need a, a update every three days, then that's unless you are a manager who says I want to sit down on Fridays and go through whatever the the lists are. But for for some reason, but that no, that tends to generate kind of messy turns. That's a good, so that's a good call out.
2: Would we? This is just making me think, like. Because I'm always trying to figure out, like, what at what level or what type of expectations are good to set to not get down the slippery slope of minutiae management. So, would we say, would you guys think if the expectation was a little more like broad, because you say, for example, I expect you to have good judgment about the quality of your work, something like that, right? And then it's almost like on um, them, my expectation of you is to actually give me the action plan of how you best work to meet that broader expectation. So if for you that's, oh, I'm going to tell you every three days I'm going to put on my calendar, I'm going to send you an update where it's at, like, would you put that on the onus of that? Like, how are you going to meet this expectation on the individual? And you set a broader expectation? Like does that get us closer to a happy medium?
0: I think and the challenge is if they're missing an expectation that's broad like that and HR comes in and you've got to do a performance improvement plan and then your expectation is Mm. to Show good judgment and like your like what's their plan to show good yeah. judgment.
2: I mean, but you could have examples where they didn't probably pretty easily.
1: Okay, so wait, let's try a little bit more of a uh, easy to measure, easier to measure example. I'm going to pluck some random numbers out of the air, so please don't judge me. But like, what if um. Going back to my whole point about like autonomous – operating autonomously, if we kind of said like, okay, a senior analyst is going to do 95% of their tasks autonomously, that's the expectation we set. A mid-analyst is going to do 75% of their tasks autonomously, and a junior analyst, I don't know, 60% of their tasks, right? And then we kind of go, okay, so that's like our expectation that we've set, And so then it then gets to like, okay, well, what if you can't do it autonomously? Well, you basically will work through the problem for a few hours. And if you get stuck, then you ask for help. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, this could be task specific, but it could actually also be role specific of like, these are the behaviors that we want to see across the team of like, I'm going to work on this problem for a few hours. If I get stuck, I will then document I have tried this, I have tried that, I have tried that. I'm still stuck. Can someone please help? And like, do you see what I mean about like I feel like that's mm-hmm. easier to measure than like sound judgment.
0: I I mean, I I kind I liked where it was heading, but then I'm like, how do you measure autonomy? Like how do you say 60%?
1: Well, you autonomy? should be able to go through their tickets and be like, did they do this on their own or did they need help?
0: Oh, 60% of the mm-hmm. tasks okay. they should be able to do without Yeah. additional direction, not yeah not the the scope of the yeah I mean I think that's a but I even think I even think without measuring it if you say generally, you know our hope or my expectation is that you know sixty percent of the tasks if you're if you're kind of managing it through a ticketing system, you won't really need anything that doesn't mean you should try to do stuff that you are not comfortable with because totally. say that you're only thirty percent that may mean that that we are assigning you too much and we need to figure out what the blocker is um yes that's because it's like we want you to try to be autonomous like the expectation is that you're moving towards full 90 percent autonomy Mm -hmm. and if you're whatever's blocking you that we kind of have an expectation that you help figure out what that is you're like i never can remember you know my c i can't do an unnest to save my life in sequel and like A third of my tasks have that and I always have to ask someone, okay, you know, or I work with this stakeholder and they never tell me what they mean by revenue or something.
2: But I guess that's, I think that example is much easier. I guess my, what I was trying to verbalize, which I didn't do a very good job of was the fact that like the expectation being set, Mo, your example of the autonomy, I still think it's the onus on the person to kind of decide how, how do I reach that expectation? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we get down the slippery slope. If Mo, you're then having to say, and to reach 60% (laughs) autonomous, every time after you work on something for five hours, you have to reach out to two other peers. And every time you finish this, you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, then Mm -hmm. you get into, I feel like the micromanagement side of Mm -hmm. setting expectations. Mm -hmm. So your example is much better, but that's what I was trying to say is like, where do you do the fine line of like, this is how I verbalize an expectation. And my – gosh, this is Madam Tim – my expectation is that you
1: set the action plan to meet it, you know? Okay, one thing that I really struggle with is, like, growth and development plans. So the reason I bring this up is because at almost every company I've ever worked – The expectation is very clearly set that it is employee driven, not manager driven, and that people will do something about it. As in, you will prepare some stuff and go to your manager and be like, I would like to talk about my growth and development. I have some thoughts. That almost never happens. The expectation is almost always that the manager does all of the like planning and work and sets up a time and like... I wonder why that is, because I feel like at every company and maybe, I mean, I haven't worked at that many companies, but like, is, is that something you got? Like, so what do you do then when there is a clear expectation set, but it's not actually the practice of
0: everyone? I mean, I've, Ooh. I've had those discussions with some, I mean, I, th- I think the, the hesitancy is that it's like actually taking that ownership on is kind of scary. Like there is, and I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of people who were kind of the, and and some of it may be broken educational systems of if you've been moving through life where somebody says do, you know, X, Y, and Z. I had a, I I had an, an analyst years ago that we had these circular discussions and I kind of, I inherited her from like three consecutive managers who all were like, this is, she's terrible, but they all were so non-confrontational that they weren't ever addressing that in with her. So they never had a Mm. conversation about these are our expectations. And then she rolled to me and my manager who was phenomenal was like, just so you know, like, I don't want to poison the well, but she's going to be a challenge. And her expectation of me was that I deal with it. Now, that was interesting having that discussion through trying to build some trust and rapport, but saying, okay, I'm going to give you a challenge to say, what is it you want to do? Like, and then we can figure out what the expectations are. I mean, this was kind of, I guess, more of kind of a management growth because, because hers was totally like, give me the checklist of what I need to do to get a promotion to the next level. And, and those are like, I, I mean, part of the re one of the reasons I fled from, from management was like, oh my god! Like I, I don't even know how to respond when that makes someone, me cringe. You know, and so, and I mean that that's kind of my reaction. I'm like, I, I can't unless you know what you unless you know what you really want to do and you really like and things that you recognize. I mean, I don't know. There's a discussion, but when it when that gets thrown onto the manager, it's like, well, that's not. That's not reasonable, and that's that's where um, what now discover your strengths would talk about. That is why the people who are not innately motivated and trying to figure out what the expectations are and working towards them will suck down the time of managers so so heavily. That's that's I don't know. It's not a good answer, but
1: it was a good example. I'm just not following the relevance like in terms of yeah like <laughs> you didn't meet her I'm expectations well. tim i'm extra yeah. spicy today like let's be um, real um <laughs> like are you saying that the the expectations were put on you to handle it
0: no well my expect the expectation on me was like you're gonna have to work with her but then yeah, yeah. coming from her she was like tell me very very prescriptively similar to what, yes. what julie was saying earlier yeah. like basically was give me the very specific and then once you get to a very specific you know checklist well then the the stuff that's being done is pretty small right this was not my expectation is that you show good judgment my expectation is that i'll steal one that that but this is where
1: stuff starts to get fluffy right because like for me if someone's like oh i want to be promoted like one of my unspoken expectations would be like guess what? You just pick up shit and you run with it. Like you swim outside of your lane. Sometimes you pick up stuff to solve a problem for the team that is not directly your responsibility because that's what part of like being a lead in the team is right. And like, I would probably never articulate that to someone, but I would definitely notice and see that and call it out if I did see it. Ugh. Well, but-
0: I mean, there's a lot of like the, when it comes to like skill, like assessments with an annual or semi-annual review where it's like, okay, for this thing, do they, does not exceed, does not meet expectations, meets expectations, exceed expectations. I mean, the logic is that, well, if you want to move up, you need to be exceeding expectations because in general, exceeding expectations yes. for autonomy is meeting expectations yep. for the next level. And it's yes. totally fair to say you have to be demonstrating some level of work at that higher level. In order to move up to it to exceed expectations you may need to try to push yourself so yeah i don't know i like the i
2: think why that one's so hard is the idea of like you can lead a horse to water type Mm. thing like i do think Mm. once you you have to verbalize it and then if they don't do anything about it unfortunately like that is kind of on them for the growth development part and if they are waiting for their manager to bring it to them, I don't think it's on the manager to go and do
1: it for them. I think then they kind of naturally are the people that don't move up. So I've had I've had someone who I know is going to listen to this show um, be like, I haven't had a growth plan, and I was like, cool. So this time I have a template, and I've sent it to every single person that reports it to me, reports to me, and I'm like, here is a template. I would like you to fill it out by the time we meet next week. It just has to be a draft but I would like you to fill it out and then we can, and can you put an hour in my diary for us to discuss your growth plan? And if you don't like this format, you can use any other format you like. I don't mind. But like, here you go. Here's a template. You set up the time because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'll report back. But if that's the... So anyone
0: on Mo's team, if you could get into Slack and tell everybody that they need to go to Mo and say, I can't believe you were talking about me, whether they listen to the show or not. <laughs> That would be awesome. Uh,
1: but yeah, that's what I'm trying this time to try and get that balance right of the manager doing the work versus mm-hmm. the like person taking some initiative. Cause I do expect initiative, especially when it comes to growth plans. Like I don't expect my coach to write yeah. mine for me. I feel like I have to do all the soul searching and thinking mm-hmm. about what, where I want to go and what I want to do. But like, mm-hmm. if there are tools or tips or techniques that they can give me to help do that, then that's great. Right.
2: I think it's a nice way to meet them halfway. So I'm excited to hear how it goes. You'll have to let us know.
0: (laughs) We'll do a Redux episode. So I'm going to shift and do... We're kind of starting to get a little low on time. So I'm going to do something because I happen to know, and this is like totally cheating inside. Julie had like kind of a pretty fantastic partial list of some expectations she has. And Mo (laughs) has kind of lobbed a few out. So I'm not going to put Mo on the spot, except I'm pretty sure she's going to respond and it's going to spawn some other thoughts. But like Julie, when it comes to some of those like squishier, maybe they're not in the, the HR grid or they're not the corporate, but the ones, like you hit on a few of them. We talked a lot about kind of managing your timeline, actively updating yeah. the team. But what are some of the other kind of hot button ones where you're like this? Because I, I, I think, I mean, I read some of those and I was like, Holy crap! That would be a great thing to tell an analyst on day one, and then remind them of every three months. This is
2: my like bare it all, no filter, straight shooting list. Okay, so
0: uh, we're an explicit I podcast. Wouldn't maybe necessarily. Yeah, and oh, one more requirement: you need to drop a uh, profanity in every one of the X. You can just uh, you know put a goddamn it at the one? end of every one. <laughs>
2: I'll do my best to at least drop one in there for one of them. All right, let's see. My My big one is don't pretend you don't know things. doesn't matter if you're on a client call internal team. Like, <laughs> if you don't know something, it's okay to say you don't know and just, like, own how are you going to figure it out. Like, go ask for help. Go look it up. Maybe it's something you can Google. That's fine. But just, like, don't, don't hide that you don't know it. I hate that. And I think it's really damaging for both parties. <laughs> Another one is... If you are going mm-hmm. off and doing a task, like you better be able to explain and tell me why you're doing it that way. Like I don't want you to mm-hmm. come back and be like, "Well, I clicked some buttons and I found some numbers." Like, <laughs> why? Like why the hell did you do it that way? You should be able to verbalize that. You had some thought process behind it.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry.
0: Oh, yep. I, Just I knew to be clear. I knew it. I knew it.
1: You only <gasps> It's totally fine for them to verbalize it. Are there ever situations where you expect them to document it? that was my
2: next was like, <laughs> Clearly document your work most you're so good we're on the same wavelength yeah because exactly that like one you're probably gonna do something similar so like make it easy on yourself the next time but also just like there's gonna be someone else coming into your shoes or you have to train or you have to pass this along or you go on maternity leave right like document what you did and why you did it because nobody wants to rework stuff that's just annoying Oh, one of my big ones. Triple check yourself. Like I shouldn't tell you to triple check your work. Like as an analyst, it should like hurt your soul if your number is wrong, and you should do everything in your power to make sure before you show it to someone that it was right. That just blows my mind when people are like, "Here was my first try," and you're like, "Whoa, did you think about it this way?" And it's just completely did you wrong.
0: Triangulate. Come at it from another direction. Oh, Does sanity check it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, like, just give it a second, like, should it be in the thousands, or does it make sense that it really should be, like, in the millions? You know, like, mm. gut checks, even.
0: Mm.
2: Oh, and my last one, my big one. Don't fucking make me check your fonts, your margins, your spellings, or your colors in a final deck. That's sort <laughs> of fair. That is... I hate that. <clears throat> I hate that. I'll do it once. I will do it once and not say anything. But if it happens over and over again,
1: that starts to
2: really get me.
1: See, I... I find I do a lot of that last run through the deck myself, but it's because I have very specific ideas in my head of what I want and often, but I will, I will coach someone through the first few decks and be like, this mm-hmm. is what I expect to see. And then I only should have to expect to do a couple tweaks here and there. Um, mm-hmm. One that I have that is completely unwritten, but I would When I see people on my team not do it, I like, "Mm," because I harp on about it so fucking much. It's in like, everything is about using insights headings or like the McKinsey title. Like if it's on slides, if it's in a write-up, I don't care what format you're communicating. If it's in Slack, you should have bolded your key points. And I also feel the same way about a TLDR at the start of stuff. And it's like that That is definitely for me something that I expect to see in almost everything because i mm-hmm. I like when I open a graph and it's got month on month revenue <laughs> in like a presentation, I lose my <laughs> shit I'm just like, why, why, why is this here like
0: well, yeah, and that's like the opportunity like and if if somebody says well, I don't know, I'm like, well, then it's not ready like that that's it the one where you're there. like I have this expectation because you're also. Because you're not done if you haven't figured out and it may be Why that it's, it's kinda weak sauce, you may have something and you're like, this is kind of the strongest thing I can say, but it is what they asked for. But that that's part of that like slowing down and, and taking a, a breath. Like I feel like that's that's this other expectation the, the tension between like well we started off with you talking about fast paced, hard deadlines, gotta deliver, but then you've gotta counter that with like it's easy to get sucked into the uh The world of, well, do I need to deliver something of value that's high quality that I have faith in, or do I need to hit the deadline? And there is a tension there, but you Mm -hmm. better not be hitting a deadline with unhelpful garbage.
1: Yeah, it's funny because actually, Julie, I don't, as much as I feel like we're aligned when we talk, when I look at your list, I wouldn't have put most of those things on my list. Um, (laughs) Really? I, I feel like mine are squishier. Like yours are quite like I would say like analysty, whereas mine are Mm. a lot more about like the stakeholder and the output of the work. Whereas yours more is maybe more about like the analyst workflow. So like one of the things that I'm I feel like I'm always talking about is like the and again where I'm inside a company I'm not consulting but it's like the fact that we're on the same team like. I think sometimes there's a perception when you are working in a data team at a company that, like, it's you against the product team or the marketing team or whatever, and it's like, no, we're actually on the same team as them, and our goal is to help them make better decisions. So, like, what are the ways of working that will help us get there? And I I do find that the, like, us versus them mentality doesn't float very well with me. So, like, setting that expectation of, like, we're in this together...
0: Just and this is sometimes where the company's behavior versus like a personal that I mean even in a consulting role like I'm like this is this is easy and obvious like nobody wants you to fail as a consultant and you really are at the end of the day you want the client to be successful so if you recognize which goes I think even to Julie I mean I think a lot of stuff on Julie's list like don't pretend you know things that you don't know. Like nobody yes. benefits. We're on the same team. If you don't understand, they're going to want you to understand. Yes. If you if it's something you need to understand about the business or something to understand elsewhere. So I think the we're on the same team. Like what are we trying to do? We're trying to drive mm-hmm. a positive result and let's check the the ego or the hiding or the pointing fingers at the door. So.
1: And maybe I'll just share one last one um that wasn't on Julie's list is um I, I do expect people to keep asking questions or ask for more information if something's not clear. Like nothing bugs me more than when someone's given a task and they go off and start it and then they're, I'm like, why are you doing this? Or like, what's the, like, mm-hmm. what's the outcome? Or like, and they're like, well, I don't know. This is all I got. And I'm like, then you didn't have a long enough conversation. Like you need to keep <laughs> going back and asking <laughs> why until you understand why you're doing what you're doing and like the context that you need to be able to do that task well.
0: Absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, we could go on quite a while on this. Uh, that was a, that was a fun list. So um, hopefully, I mean,
2: I dropped one explicit Ex- expletive expletive. 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 <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: so, but we do need to move to a wrap and, you know, before we wrap, we always go around the horn and kind of get something, a, a last call, if you will, for everyone to share something that they thought was interesting, funny, useful, Noteworthy, So I am going to flip my virtual coin and start with Mo. Do you have a last call?
1: Look, everyone knows that all I do is read HBR, so I'm going to stop apologizing for it. Um, but this one was really perfect because it was an article talking about how you build a culture of curiosity, and there are like four key behaviors for that. And funnily enough, Julie, the first one is saying, I don't know, when you're not sure of the answer the second, this is actually one that I do, which I love because it's really good at getting introverts to talk is you just say, can you tell me more about X? So like, let's say they explain a concept and you, and often I do it when I don't want to admit, I don't know, or like, I'm not confident saying, I don't know. I'll just be like, Oh, can you tell me more about that project as a way of like, just getting them to keep talking, saying to people that I understand that you're more than your job. So like acknowledging that like there's life outside of of just what? the work what um and <laughs> Get out of who here. who else has something to share which again i think is a really nice thing when you're in like a group with lots of introverts mm. who um sometimes need like an open door to walk through to kind of like share That's share a great one. but yeah i actually i don't know i i really liked it
0: nice my daughter liked to pull that if we were like jogging together she was like and who has anything to share with the group and it was just Aww. the two of us would always crack me up <laughs> uh, so which was usually her like dribble on with some stupid nonsense so that i'm not thinking about running uh, what about you That's julie clever. what's your uh last call
2: My last call is actually an app that I've been using since I had my daughter, because when you have newborns, they want you to track everything. And then, you know, Mm. I'm a data person. I just like couldn't stop myself. So I just kept going. Um, It's called Huckleberry. It's actually really helpful. Both me and my husband can be logged into it. We can start the sleep timer, stop it. I'm like, when the heck did she last, you know, eat? I can't remember. (laughs) The days blend together. I can look back at the app. So super helpful just in general, but also on the other side, I love the data. And one small antidote I will share is because I'm a data person, I was like holding on so much to like i want this data set i don't know why like it'd be fun to do something later you know my sister did oh my gosh i need to know no i need to know all the details she analyzed hers yeah she did a whole bunch of analysis see that's amazing but for my own sanity i had to let go of tracking the diapers a couple weeks ago and i will say i feel much freer as a mom
1: let go of the diapers (laughs) let go of the diapers just do sleep and milk
0: Let go of the diapers, but not after you've tucked the sides in and made it into a little ball. (laughs) Don't let go of the diaper itself too soon <laughs> the diapers
1: are too much yeah. too much yeah yeah so i feel
2: much freer just doing um eating and sleeping it's been great i'm excited hopefully i'll do something with the data set at one point maybe hit up val for hers because i'm pretty sure she did that too and we'll just get a bunch of mom's oh, data sets
1: <laughs> wow you were all such nerds my husband won't even use it it's really freaking oh. annoying i do
2: have to ask my husband all the time so
1: did you did you, you log know, it? start that he's like yeah, he's like, Oh, uh I forgot. I'm according like oh, According to this. <laughs> I feel the same. I feel the same.
0: I might have to report you to CPS according <laughs> to the data. You have not logged <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I did, by the way, took my yeah, yeah I took my, my swarm check ins this year and have had all sorts of fun with the visualizing of my my travel. So that was a simple like self quantification, but
1: I think if I visualized my baby's sleep, I would probably cry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe wait on that one. Yeah. It's like too um, close to home still. And what about you, Tim?
0: So mine is kind of an oldie but a giddy that I finally got around to, uh, which is Annie Duke's first book, Thinking in Bets, which I've followed her for years, have listened to her stuff, read her stuff, knew the basic premise of the book, Thinking in Bets. But I was one of the trips I was taking, I had a... I actually had the physical copy and there is like so much gold in that book when it comes to kind of recognizing skill versus luck. But, but to me kind of applying, understanding how human cognition works. And to me, it applies very much to, to analytics and setting your expectations and recognizing that a bad outcome doesn't mean that it was a bad decision. Like I kind of want like every business partner that I work Mm -hmm. with to, to read it and then just naturally like she says uncertainty a lot she's it's thinking in bets she's like the gambling is uncertain but life is uncertain so actually yeah so it it was just a I was kind of highlighting in the book saying god there's so many things that are like smart examples that are kind of obvious in hindsight but they're also obvious how much we get tripped up in life so that was her first book it's not like her latest book but um I thought it was really useful and enjoyable. So, with that, I have to do a Michael Helbling like smooth wrap up. But I also get to insert the expectations <laughs> I have for him that he always ignores, which is to remind people that if you want a sticker for the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash APH stickers and you can request free stickers our fulfillment house will get them right over to you within two to three weeks. And we haven't asked in a while, but we'd love to get a review. If you enjoy the show and you listen on an app or somewhere, or even if you don't, but you can go to the Apple podcast store and leave a review we do kind of enjoy seeing those, and everybody on podcast says that those help other people find the show, but no one's ever produced evidence that that's actually the case but so just do it for our egos to destroy them or to, to boost them up either way. Uh, no show would be complete without thanking our stalwart let's see if I use that word correctly uh, producer Josh crowhurst who just know that that josh is earning every cent that he does not get paid on this episode he's going to have some fun <laughs> uh, splicing things together so sometimes they're smooth sometimes the internet is not cooperating and uh just know that if this sounded like a smooth episode that was josh working his magic um that's
1: right timo that's- <laughs>
0: So we always love to hear from listeners. So we are, you can find any of us or us as a, as a group on LinkedIn, on the rapidly torching itself bird social media app, or on the measure slack. We're easy to find. We love to hear from people. We have gotten show suggestions. We have made connections and we always love to hear from everyone. So with that for myself, for Julie Hoyer, for mokes it's important to inspect what your own expectations are but what we expect is that you always keep analyzing thanks for listening let's keep the conversation going with your comments suggestions and questions on twitter at, at @analyticshour on the web at analyticshour.io our linkedin group and the measure chat slack group music for the podcast by josh crowhurst
2: So smart guys wanted to fit in. So they made
0: up a term called analytics. Analytics don't work.
2: I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles and the analysis about
0: where there is the intersection, right? So Val was like losing her voice the last time we talked. And I now, between in the last like 24 hours, I'm starting to go croaky. But maybe that'll just be my... I I'm Michael Hellblane. Sexy radio voice.
1: Oh, I was just thinking mm-hmm. See aren't you mic glad mic I was recording so for that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh crap. Man, <laughs> when you lose the power. Uh, yeah, how did that oh mm-hmm. it must be cause my yeah, my that headphones is. were jacked up again, so I bet when I turned it off. Yeah, you wanna stop and we'll
1: Okay, so no one say anything funny. Trying to hold it. Up. I, okay, I figured out my one that bugs me, that I have expectations <coughs> on, that like really rails me up, and, and what's really interesting, Timo. Oh my god. Oh my god, I've lost the fucking plot. I just called you Timo! <laughs> I
0: just wonder about that. take it i've been called worse (laughs) rock flag and there's no o in my name